0: Welcome to the Living Out Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Steele. And on this episode, it's another Living Out Leadership interview. Today, we're going to be talking about LGBTQ film. And that's a really big deal to me. I love going out to the movies. I love watching all of the great representation that's happening on Netflix and we're really going to get into detail today uh, with respect to what's available in Toronto in the upcoming Inside Out Film and Video Festival. So Inside Out, if you don't know, is a not-for-profit registered charity that exists to challenge attitudes and change lives through the promotion, production and exhibition of film made by and about lesbian, gay, bisexual, and trans people of all ages, races, and abilities. And that's why I'm talking about this on the podcast today. You know, it's social justice for LGBTQ people that I talk about, as well as personal growth. What better way to understand who we are than seeing ourselves either in narrative form, writing, or in film? Now, for the last couple of decades, Inside Out has brought Toronto's LGBT community together in celebration of the best queer film from Canada and around the world. And I'm speaking with the executive director of Inside Out, Andrea Wilson. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, we got off to a funny start this morning because <laughs> my internet was unavailable. And I, I really appreciate that you were able to accommodate because you guys are launching next week week. When is the official launch date?
1: Yeah, you got it. So the festival opens on May 23rd, Thursday, the 23rd. We kick off uh, with a few screenings of Rocketman, the Elton John biopic, which we're super excited about. And then we run straight through for 11 days.
0: Amazing. Now, I remember this wasn't part of what's now the Inside Out Festival, but back in 1985 at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, if they had a day... Maybe they had a day and a half of some, it would have just been called gay programming, maybe Mm -hmm. gay and lesbian programming, Mm -hmm. right? And I was, this was in November, and I may have just turned... Twenty or I was still nineteen. I think it might have been my, my birthday's November twentieth, and it was no sad songs. A Canadian documentary film uh, by Nick Sheehan, and I just I, I found it online. And I remember, like you know, here I am, nineteen going on twenty. AIDS had just got its name. I was freaking out, and one of the people who was caring caring for Jim Black. I knew. And I didn't even know he was in this movie. And that was my introduction wow. to, to gay film. And I think uh, not so much because of that, but I, I was in such a stage of learning about who I was, having only just come out and coming out into AIDS that only just got its name, like maybe six months after me coming out before it was Grid. And then seeing that we actually had Some representation. And that brings me to the question for you. Why is Inside Out as a film and video festival for LGBTQ people so important, so Mm -hmm. relevant still today?
1: I, yeah, I think that's a great, it's a great question. It's a great starting point for this conversation. You know, um, the the content that you're talking about, you know, those first sort of pivotal works uh, that that came out, you know, in the, the early stages of the AIDS crisis in the 80s um, really led to, I think, in many ways, the, the founding of Inside Out in, in 1991. When we look at what brought our community together at that time, we were really grappling with this tragedy and, and its impact on our, our communities as a whole. Um, and so now 30 years later, we look at, you know, what, what are the things that bind us together, both, you know, in our tragedy, in our triumph and, you know, also just in our day-to-day lives and existence as, as LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, back in uh, 2011, I, have founded another LGBT film festival in Halifax, Nova Scotia called out East. And when we were first starting up the organization, um, we were asked quite frequently about the relevance of presenting LGBTQ film in, in this time and in this country where, you know, LGBTQ people, relatively speaking, uh, have, have, uh, you know, a lot of rights and protections. Um, and then, uh, the Pulse shooting happened, and it happened just a couple of days before our festival mm-hmm. that year. And that question suddenly really went away. And the questions became more about, for those of us that are creating spaces and managing spaces for LGBTQ people to gather, how do we keep those spaces safe? Right. And how do we tell our stories and, and ensure that we have these these gathering places for our communities to come together? and to share in, in those struggles and also to still somehow find ways to celebrate all the things, uh, that, that really we value as, as communities and that are are very much worth celebrating, Yeah, you know, and, and with Inside Out as well, um, a, a huge part of what we do and where we've really, um, pushed to maintain our relevance and and to innovate our models is really around shifting a part of our focus into supporting the development of LGBTQ film. Mm -hmm. And I I think that for many festivals right now in the shifting distribution landscape of how the whole system works, uh, you know, everyone is sort of grappling with this idea of how our, film festivals maintaining relevance, not just uh, niche festivals or LGBTQ festivals. And so that's why I feel like the investment in the filmmakers, the investment in the development of films, the professional development of artists uh, is, is truly critical because it allows us to uh, not just maintain relevance, but but really to become uh, that incubator for the next wave of storytellers and the next wave of projects. And and that's incredibly important to us.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot that Inside Out is doing. And I'd love to expand more upon that and for a couple of reasons. One, you know, anyone with a good phone these days can can make an incredible uh, documentary if they have some editing chops. But how do you tell a good story? How do you make a good narrative? So I, I know that you're. Maybe tell us more about the, the queer creators that you're you're helping, and and some of the initiatives. I think there's like New Visions, Pitch Please, and and the Refocus Fund.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, really at the core of our our new wave of, of professional development and industry development initiatives is our feature film financing event, and that event uh, brings together. In, in this year in 2019, we have 10. LGBTQ feature film projects that are in development at script stage um, that we bring to Toronto for Inside Out to take part in meetings with potential financiers, uh, sales agents, distributors, executive producers um, to really fast track the development of those films. And what brought us around to creating this program is, is we really saw the amount of time it takes for an LGBTQ-focused film, especially if it's from an LGBTQ creator, the amount of time it takes for that film to go from script to screen uh, is significantly longer than, uh, you know, other narratives. So we created this initiative really with that in mind. We wanted to shorten that timeline and, and take out you know, some of the guesswork and, and frankly, some of the homophobia and transphobia that those creators experience when they're pitching their films out in the mainstream market. So that's, that's a really core part of our, um, of our development programs. And then with uh, Pitch Please, which I love this model. We just started it last year. It's, it's a short film pitch. So it's really aimed to supporting uh, more early career filmmakers or filmmakers that are creating short form content, uh, potentially, you know, before they've developed and, and made a feature film. And with that, uh, we actually do essentially a live crowdfunding model. So the idea was to get our audience members, our Inside Out members, supporters, donors engaged in the filmmaking and financing process. Mm -hmm. So we select five short filmmakers to get up and give a five minute pitch on their script of a, a short film in development. And then the people in the room have the opportunity to pledge funds to support that film, sort of like a live Kickstarter.
0: So is that um, actually like during the festival or is that a different time in yeah, the year?
1: Yeah. So it happens during the festival mm-hmm. and it happens on the second Saturday of the festival. And the folks that participate in this, uh, it's only open to filmmakers who have shorts at Inside Out. So um, it's really, it's, part of our overall investment in developing relationships with filmmakers throughout the trajectory of their careers. So in many cases, we have short filmmakers that are premiering their very first short film at Inside Out. So with the pitch competition, they then have the opportunity to potentially finance their next short film through Inside Out. And then hopefully when they're ready to talk about their feature film, then they can apply for a feature film financing event. So it's really about creating that whole pipeline of development and production for LGBTQ filmmakers that is anchored uh, by their relationship with with Inside Out.
0: Now, is that um, more of a challenge or an easier project, given that you're a not-for-profit registered charity?
1: Yeah, I think we're very uniquely positioned and very privileged um, to be a, a non charitable organization in Canada specifically. Uh, you know, obviously we, we are supported by uh, the various levels of government and are able to access funding supports that other festivals in other parts of the world may not be able to access. Uh, so really our goal is to create opportunities that make the most of what we have here. Um, And so for American filmmakers or or filmmakers from, you know, other countries that don't necessarily have these resources or who aren't able to uh, make public outreach for funding within their own country, the fact that we can help them in that process here in Canada is, uh, is really special and, and unique, I think, to these, to these programs.
0: Oh, interesting. So, it like is there an allocation for for non Canadians?
1: Yeah. So, with um, with both programs, with the Financing Forum and with uh, Pitch Please, they are international programs. So, you know, of course, supporting Canadian filmmakers is at the core of the work that we do every day. But we also really do uh, serve an, a global LGBTQ community, and we're very much a part of that community, and we're we're impacted by. Uh, you know, the work that's happening all over the world and we're we're proud to showcase uh, international film in the festival. Mm -hmm. So um, by that same, you know, by that same value set, uh, supporting filmmakers uh, more globally is is really important to us too. And I I also think it has a great amount of value for the local and Canadian filmmakers to make those relationships and connections with other international creators. Mm -hmm. Um, We've seen some great examples of folks who, uh, you know, come into Inside Out with uh, a film or a project and end up meeting or making connections with, uh, you know, with with other creators where they then go on to have collaborations together. Right. So I think that's something that it really inspires me to see that happen and, and to to create a space, a gathering place where um, that kind of uh, creative energy can really be harnessed and, and built into those sorts of collaborations.
0: Right. So, you know, besides the festival and offering a space to, I guess, engender, foster creativity and coming up with funding, you also are big on advocacy and and, and making information available. I know last November you um, launched an online media resource to help address the social isolation, sorry, I can't speak, the social isolation Mm -hmm. and the exclusion of LGBTQ youth around the GTA, the Greater Toronto Area and across Ontario and throughout Canada. Uh, Tell us more about this catalogue and how it works.
1: Yeah, this was really a passion project for us, uh, for many of us on the team here at Inside Out. Um, Inside Out had, over the years, been delivering uh, some screenings in schools and communities uh, around the GTA and, and, to some degree, elsewhere in Ontario, um, and had received support uh, to to launch those kinds of programs over the years. But the relative cost of that kind of initiative um, is quite high and, and grows higher. Um, And we really wanted to evaluate that model and see how can we bring this content, bring this film content to the youth and community organizations, you know, also including, uh, you know, seniors and, you know, other folks that that experience isolation. How do we bring them this content in a way that makes the best use of our resources and reaches essentially the most folks and the folks that need it the most? So... We looked at a lot of other models in the market and decided to explore this idea of essentially an online uh, booking platform mm-hmm. for uh, both short form and feature length content that we would license um, for educational usage. And then we would be able to make that content available free of charge uh, for educational institutions, community organizations, uh, and other uh, you know, LGBTQ community serving groups. Um, through our website. So, um, once we figured out the framework of that idea and we started to uh, look at content that we wanted to include, we undertook a a bit of a research and outreach process to ensure that the way we were building this system truly would serve the people we want to serve. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we became, uh, also, uh, we, we went into the undertaking of our fundraising campaign to, uh, bring the the funds in in order to be able to deliver that resource. Um, So in addition to uh, a private fundraising campaign, we recently uh, secured support from the Canada Council for the Arts Mm -hmm. through their digital strategy fund um, to finance the the development of the actual online booking resource. So that's um, where we are currently. So we have been uh, licensing the content that will be included in the uh, booking platform. And now Mm -hmm. we're working on the actual development of that uh, online platform. So our goal is to have it available to folks this fall at the start of the the next school year Mm -hmm. that they will be able to register and then go in and be able to book uh, screenings for their groups. And something that was really important to us about this resource is that it's not replicating the services of a streaming platform like Netflix or TV. What it is is a booking system for people to host their own screening. Mm -hmm. So it's still it's still about that gathering place. It's still about theatrical presentation or, you know, screening that film in the school gym. It's it's just facilitating a simpler process for the actual um booking and programming of that work. Right.
0: And I'm sure for a lot of this work, um people A might not know it exists or there's there's no other platform or place to access it other than through what you're creating.
1: Exactly, exactly. And for so many folks, you know, we realize that we receive a pretty significant amount of outreach in a given year from people that are just simply looking to book this content. You know, they say, I saw this film at Inside Out and I would love to show it to my school group or to a community organization I volunteer with. How does that work? How do I book a film? What does it cost? You know, all of these kinds of questions. And again, we really realize that we were uniquely positioned to be able to provide this kind of service. Um, So now that the funding is in place, we're really excited to get the actual, uh, you know, online platform built and then, and then get the word out so that people can start uh, sharing these films.
0: Well, let's speak briefly about you and then get into the actual, the meat of the festival, what's coming. So <laughs> I'm thinking, I'll, I'll give you some liberty here. How's this? Like either a little bit of your backstory, how you like moved into or were perhaps involved with Inside Out before you actually took the reins. But what, what do you bring as executive director? What are you passionate about that, that has helped you like take on this role and succeed in it?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, I, you know, I've, I joined Inside Out in 2016, um, the end of 2016, so this will be my third uh, Toronto Festival this year coming up next week. Um, and, you know, at the time that I came in, uh, my predecessor uh, in the role of Executive Director, Scott Ferguson, who's an exceptional human, he uh, was at the reins for more than 15 years. I remember
0: so. Scott, yeah. Um, he was there for a yeah. long time.
1: Yeah. And really, you know, did phenomenal work um, in terms of, you know, really bringing the organization to a a strong place of financial stability and growth and building like a lot of key key relationships in the industry and and in the local communities in Toronto. Um, So when I came in, I really um, was set up for success, I think, in many ways. And also um, the platform that I came in on through the, the interview process for the role was really around what's next for the organization? What, is, what does the future look like? Um, I am forward-thinking and I'm driven by innovation and great ideas. And what drives me really at the core and has throughout my entire career is creating opportunities to support artists and to support people who need to get their stories told and to make those connections between artists and communities. Um, You know, I have worked in many, many different kinds of arts organizations from theater companies to music festivals to, uh, of course, other film festivals and and in various roles throughout the film industry. But the thing that has always driven me is how do I put money in artists' pockets for the work that they're doing? And how do I you know how can i be a part of developing their careers and 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 you know making those connections because it's it's not easy and i heard someone describe it recently in terms of success in the film industry as a war of attrition <laughs> you know it's like who can hang in there the longest and you know get through those struggles and in those incredibly difficult times yeah. and and you know when you look at the systemic inequalities for filmmakers of color for queer and trans filmmakers for women filmmakers you know there's there's a lot of work that has to be done and one of the things that you know gets me out of bed every day and and drives me is really looking at the the practical ways that we can address some of those issues and you know like I said with the you know the financing programs or you know coming up with a short film pitch that you know, even if it's $5,000 going towards a project, that can be the difference between it existing and it not existing.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and that project could be the thing that then puts that artist on a track that, you know, they, they could exceed our wildest expectations. And that's what really excites me. Amazing.
0: Well, let's get into the, the festival coming up May 23rd to June 2nd. What is the theme for this year's festival?
1: You know, it's, it's such an interesting question because when we, when the, when the festival lineup is coming together, um, you know, the, the programming team doesn't necessarily come in with a, a prescribed, you know, inspiration for a given year. Um, they really let the work kind of speak for itself. And, and then through pulling together, you know, through that curatorial process, themes of course, start to emerge. Um, so I think that, you know, when we look at the lineup this year, we're seeing a very interesting uh, mix of, uh, content that. Will be reaching a more mainstream audience, you know. The Elton John biopic that I mentioned off the top, Rock yeah. and which is our opening film, as well as you know we're, we're have the Canadian premiere of the new Tales of the City, the the Netflix series, which we're, we're thrilled about, and uh, content like Late Night, which um, directed by a career filmmaker Canadian filmmaker Nisha Ganatra, um, which was one of the biggest film sales out of Sundance uh, this winter. So we've got those those. Uh, you know, titles that I suppose could be uh, could be viewed as the more you know mainstream studio titles. And what I think that also really allowed the team to do is to pull in uh, more emerging voices as well, um, and and create space for first time filmmakers. We have quite a, a large representation of first time feature filmmakers this year, um, as well as you know filmmakers representing a lot of uh, areas of the globe that we haven't seen as much representation in the -hmm. past. Um, You know, we've got a couple phenomenal features uh, from uh, South Asia this year. We've got some really exceptional Canadian documentary content, which is, uh, we have three uh, Canadian documentaries, all from women filmmakers, which is very exciting. Um, And we have more... Short form content than ever. We've got 16 short programs in the festival, um, which you know, all told is is you know just under 100 short films that we're showcasing. So it's um, there's a really broad uh, diversity to the program. Yeah. But I I really love that idea of you know the coming together of these you know success stories, larger studio films that have uh, feature queer talent or highlight queer talent. And then also having a a great representation of more emerging, um, LGBTQ creators?
0: Well, one of the challenges uh, somewhere else where I I do some editorial work, um, uh, the person was writing about the the problem of LGBTQ representation in sort of the mainstream media, uh, whether that be something on Hulu or Netflix or in the the bigger screen. And they were talking about, for example, horror films. And often it's like the gay person that's the first one killed off. And, you know, how do we challenge this heteronormative representation of LGBTQ? people in the media. And so I've, I noticed like as somebody who watches Netflix and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like they've been coming, becoming much more of a leader in this area. They've had shows like Special and Bonded. And then you've got quite a few, as you were saying, Tales of the City um, premiering mm-hmm. at the festival. What's, what's your view on that? Where are How is it changing for perhaps these subscriber-based services? Are there still challenges? Is this helping um, overall uh, events, festivals like Inside Out and other queer filmmakers?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think the, the absolute crux of the issue and those, I love those specific examples that you included with uh, Special and with Bonding because I think that really highlights the, the core truth, which is that when you give LGBTQ creators or creators of color the opportunity to tell their own stories and to be in those positions of power within those productions, that content is going to be strong and people are going to connect with it because it's going to be coming from a place of authenticity. So all of those great examples are perfect examples of shows created by LGBTQ people. And I think that is really where we are starting to see a shift in content. Whether folks are aware, you know, that the the showrunner of those pieces is is LGBTQ or not, um, it has incredible impact on those productions. And then when those productions become successful, Mm -hmm. then that, if, if anything, you know, still at this point in where we are with the industry, success, you know, viewership, Uh, a number of eyeballs on a, you know, a particular piece of content is what allows for more content like that to be made. We still have to make a financial case, a business case, a viewership case for it, even though the box office model is shifting. So to, to see something like special, you know, become a a great, uh, you know, beloved, you know, great tracking on social media, all of that, that will create more opportunities because the other streamers, other networks, other studios and production companies will see, wow, this was, you know, this guy's own personal story and people really responded yeah. to it. Um, and then that I hope and I, I dream and that's why we all keep doing this work will create yeah more opportunities for those creators to, to be empowered in their own shows. So we're not just seeing content about queer people. Um, we're seeing content that that's made by
0: critical. Yeah. Similarly, perhaps with, with pose, I mean, I, mm. I found that to be mind blowing and I was just like, wow. And, um, oh, I'm, I'm totally blanking on, um, the producer, um,
1: Thank you, Brian
0: Murphy, who, yeah, who's yeah. <laughs> gay and is putting his money where his mouth is. And he's, he's listening to a podcast by, by somebody out of L.A. interviewing somebody from the show. And he sets up a fund to help uh, women or trans directors or uh, in other parts of the industry shadow somebody on a project Mm -hmm. so that they can, you know, kind of in different ways, but similar to what you're doing, help these people get into the industry, help them sort of take the reins and, and not have to follow someone else per se.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, he's done exceptional work with, you know, the half foundation is, is his foundation that, that supports that program. And, you know, I, I really get excited about anyone who is really creating, paid opportunities for those roles Mm -hmm. because really the barrier is not in you know film school or training or professional development I mean of course there are barriers there that are you know primarily financial barriers and and so on but we do still see like 50% representation of women in, in, in programs the barrier comes in at the employability level and so Projects like like Ryan's project and, and some others that are, are gaining traction that are, are really giving people jobs yeah. on yeah. set because what what you need to get a job is another job. You know, you it's 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 this real challenge with especially around uh, things like directing episodic television, where if you haven't directed an episode of television, it's almost impossible to get a job directing an episode mm-hmm. of television. So to to be able to create those opportunities that are, are giving people that paid experience Um, it's so, it's so, so critical. And I think it's, it's really bringing about an important conversation that is about, um, you know, bias in hiring practices that is about, you know, systemic inequities in the way that film crews and film sets are Mm. staffed. Um, And uh, I'm really, really happy that that conversation is starting Mm. to happen. Um, I think we still, we still have a long way to go, but, um, but, But the tide is starting
0: to turn. And in case listeners are wondering, it's a busy place at the inside offices today because they are launching next week and everybody's, I mean, it's like, I can only imagine. So you must have an open office space, I'm guessing.
1: We, we do. There's, there's a lot yeah, going yeah. on in here right now. Um, you know, in addition to, you know, 70 plus uh, film programs in the festival, more than 150 films, we also, uh, our events team was, was telling me the other day, we've got more than 30 events happening over the 11 wow. days, which includes, you know, artist talks, panels, receptions, um, you know, our award ceremony, we're doing a lot of, uh, filmmaker panels this year with a lot of the guests at the festival. So there really is activity, you know, straight through for those 11 days. It's
0: a lot, but what, what any particular event or feature or, or film that, that you are most excited about, or, or maybe two or three things that you would say, this is what you have to attend. This is what you have to see.
1: Oh, it's so difficult. It's like, you know, picking your favorite child. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, well, one thing that I am super excited about is that, you know, and and we have talked, you know, a fair bit about television and episodic content here today in our our conversation. I think that's because we really are seeing such a rise in, in, that yeah. content happening right now. We're in the golden age of, of television. I think we're still calling it. Um, so at Inside Out this year, we are launching uh, an episodic stream of content that includes um, a number of different formats of content. Like I mentioned, Tales of the City. We've got some web series. We've got series that will be for, for television. We've got uh, also the Netflix uh, series uh, East Siders. But one of the pieces that I'm super excited about is um, a stars uh, show called mm-hmm. Vita. Um, which was, uh, it's set in East LA and it's uh, developed with an all Latinx writer's room and it it centers, you know, all Mexican-American and Latinx characters. (laughs) Um, So we're screening the uh, first episode of the second season, um, which is uh, also premiering on stars here in Canada on Crave. Uh, And we're bringing in a couple of the on-screen talent from that show uh, to do a conversation as well, which I'm so thrilled about. I think, you know, taking that episodic content that people are used to, you know, binging in their own home, oh. perhaps uh, myself included and bringing it onto, you know, a beautiful cinema in the TIFF bell light box and having an extended conversation with the talent from that show, I think really can be transformative in terms of people's understanding of how these shows really come to be. Um, and in the case of Vita, it's just such an exceptional success story in a bit of what I was talking about earlier, that truly authentic narrative that comes from the creators really being of the communities that the yeah. show is about. And it's such, Tanya Saracho, who's the showrunner, has just such an incredible voice. And it uh, the show recently won uh, Best Comedy Series at the GLAAD Media Awards uh, for the first season. So that's one that, it, it has a really special place in my heart. And that screening is on uh, Wednesday, uh, May 29th. Uh, in the evening at the light box, so that's one I, I would definitely like to
0: highlight. Oh, that interesting! Books. That's that's good insider information for me making my choices <laughs> because <laughs> I was I was you know earmarking some of the pages to figure figure out what I want to go see. But you know, it's interesting. Over the years, I haven't attended every year, but I've attended uh, different events, and sometimes I've gone and seen more. Now, I you know I spent I don't know seven or eight years studying German language and linguistics in uh, at Carleton University, and then lived abroad, and. So one year it was like German film. German filmmakers was was the feature, mm. and and paragraph one seventy five, which is a documentary with like maybe three or four surviving gay men who had been imprisoned as with the pink triangle, and mm-hmm. it, it, I, there was not a dry eye on the on the house. I just remember the 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 older gentleman, like the stately you know, very older gentleman, he had all dressed up in a tie and everything. And he had never come out to his mother, even before she died, he was literally coming out at like 80 or something years old. Mm. And it was one of these experiences that, you know, you have this in the, in the, as an audience, not just by yourself, that makes it really powerful. But I would have never heard of that, first of all, I mean, there's just a passion thing for all things German for me. But then there. What I like about the festival is you're doing something in conjunction with the Goethe Institute in Toronto, and they're showing Rosa von Praunheim's Silence Equals Death and a couple of other films that, and that's from the AIDS mm-hmm. crisis. And I don't think I've seen that one, and I want to go see it. And that's, and to speak a little bit more about some of these side or partner projects that Inside Out does as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we're really excited about this partnership um, because, you know, this is a really pivotal year. It's, it's the 50th anniversary of, of the Stonewall riots. Um, and so uh, the Goethe Institute uh, had been looking to do some programming around uh, this, this kind of pivotal year and looking at, you know, where are we now? Where were we then? And everything that's, that's happened uh, over these years of, you know, quote unquote, gay liberation. And so, um, Julian Speck, who was a very long time, uh, Berlin LA, Berlin Film Festival, uh, programmer and the lead of the Panorama programming section, uh, selected these films and, uh, and then we were very happy to be able to come on board as a partner to do these Toronto screenings as a part of our festival, because yeah, I think there's a lot of folks that maybe have never seen this content or, you know, maybe saw it, um, you know, twenty plus years ago. So to be able to include that and weave that in with, you know, what what I think is a very modern, very contemporary program that we're presenting, I think it really adds in um, a great balance and is a great example of these kind of programming partnerships. Um, so we're we're really excited to explore more of this kind of thing in the future. And I mean, also next year, uh, 2020 is Inside Out's 30th wow. anniversary. So. Yeah, so we'll be looking at most definitely some retrospective programming or other kind of collaborative events that really highlight um, some of the great work over the last 30 years. And
0: I feel I've been fortunate enough, like throughout the years, even pre-Inside Out and when I was living in Ottawa and um, there was that. I don't know what the name of the festival was then, and I guess things weren't going well, and maybe you took it inside out, took it in hand, and you also do the Ottawa Festival, but there have been films I've seen that I I wish I could get my hands on, because they were so moving, so Mm -hmm. pivotal, and that was the only place I got to see them, which leads me to this sort of awkward question, like, why the heck would somebody want to come to the festival for that very reason? You can't see some of these things somewhere else. And what I'm wondering is like, is that changing some of the stuff that used to only be, you could only see it at a festival is, is this now something we could see more of online after a festival, if it doesn't go mainstream?
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, that shifting distribution picture has a massive amount of pros and also some cons. Um, But what I really try to focus on is, is, is the pros as it impacts the filmmakers so you know some things might be getting harder for us as film festivals in terms of securing titles because they might be encouraged uh by a sale to uh you know to one of those streaming services to go Mm -hmm. online much Mm -hmm. more quickly um but you know i i really i want those filmmakers to be successful that's why we run this event so if that to them is the path that they need to choose and that gives them financial security and that that gives them, you know, millions of of folks, you know, access to the film, um, I think that's great. But I I do think there's also a a really important way for all of us to work in complement. And I think that LGBTQ filmmakers in particular, I've seen through the LGBTQ festival circuit incredible growth, professional development, collaborations, partnerships, and really life-changing experiences that happen for these Mm -hmm. filmmakers. And so I think that remains really, really integral. And then if we can be a part of helping them to secure those distribution opportunities where the, you know, the film will be available to a wider audience, I think that's also a place where we can very much play a, a key role. Because that—that's the goal at the end of the day. We—we we do want this content to be out in the world, and we want it to reach people who who really need it. And you know, we all know from our own experiences that when you feel isolated, this kind of work—you know—being able to access it in your home or in your community, it, it can be—it can be really life-changing.
0: You know, you know, personal anecdote. Uh, some other podcast I was talking to a guest and saying, you know, when I was coming out or coming into my own identity, just pre-8, so this would have been 83, 84, there was no internet. <laughs> we had a black mm-hmm. and white TV at home. There wasn't cable yet. I had nothing as, as a visible representation. And, mm-hmm. you know, safe, silence equals death, the the ACT UP 8 slogan, but what like safe Safety can increase with visibility when we can say, oh, I do exist. I, authentically, what I'm feeling is what I'm seeing here projected on the screen. And it's amazing how younger people have so much more opportunity to see the possibility for who they can be in their own representation of sexuality and gender.
1: Absolutely. And it, you know, I think it really, when we think about all the the tools that we have today for activism, for advocacy, like I, I really think that this, the ability to create these representations on screen and film and television remains like just an essential tool in reaching people where they live and where they are. And, and I think, I think it's so, so pivotal. And I think, you know, with some of the, the rise of, of the, you know, of, the right that we're seeing and, and a lot of the, you know, news coming out from our friends to the South, um, we, we really can't become complacent. Um, and we have to continue to fight for these opportunities and for that representation, because in so many cases that, that connection, that empathy building can be the thing that really does change people's minds or open their minds. Um, whether that's to how they view others or how they view themselves, um, and, uh, you know, I, I think we, to go back to your, you know, your starting point around the relevance of, of organizations like Inside Out, I, I think that's, that's a huge part of it. We, our longtime slogan, you know, is, is challenging attitudes and changing lives. And I think that that does remain <laughs> extremely yeah. relevant in, in the time that we're in. And, and we're just extremely privileged to be, uh, in, in such a golden age for these creators where they have more places than ever where they can where they can show their content.
0: Well just a couple more questions to to bring it to a wrap here in your in your time as executive director um, can you think of one really outstanding success story that is however it happened uh, a film creator something happened at or sometime after as a result of their involvement with inside out?
1: I mean, probably, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of us here count as our biggest point of pride is the establishing of our Refocus Fund, uh, which is a fund that directly uh, supports uh, women and non-binary filmmakers. Um, And the fund was created uh, because we saw a need for filmmakers to actually receive funds to be able to travel and attend the festival Mm. with their film. So you know we would program a film, but like many festivals, um, we don't have the you know the finances available to bring every filmmaker to the festival, and so for uh, what what that creates is another kind of barrier. So you might have a filmmaker whose film is accepted into fifty different festivals, and they have to decide which you know maybe one or two they could attend because they're paying on mm-hmm. their own dime, and we know this disproportionately affects women. And trans and non binary filmmakers who uh, have access to less funding more generally and and face more systemic inequalities uh, in in getting their films made in the first place. So, we created this fund. And so, last year alone, we were able to bring 23 women and non binary filmmakers to the festival that otherwise wouldn't have
0: been able to attend.
1: Um, And this year, through the great success of last year's um, use of the fund, we have doubled the fund this year. Um, and we'll see more guests than ever. And within that pack of 23 filmmakers last year, um, you know, one one of uh, our favorite stories is a, a short filmmaker, Alyssa Lerner, who came on the Refocus Fund uh, with her short film, pitched her next film in the Pitch Please competition, won the Pitch Please competition, and that short film that she made with those funds is actually screening in this wow. year's festival. So it's it's a great example in a very short period of just the impact that can be made by, you know, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars in financing. We're talking about essentially mm-hmm. micro grants that these filmmakers are able to translate into um, really, you know, building the next steps in their careers. And uh, that just drives me to find more and more opportunities like
0: that well for people that are listening that are wondering like how do you support something like this how do you get involved with a festival what what did what would you tell them
1: um you know we are a nonprofit. We are a charity. We are only made possible through the support of our donors and also through our volunteers. Um, we have a, a really significant volunteer program at the festival that engages more than 400 people in, in a wide variety of roles. So I would definitely direct folks to check out our website. And, you know, if you are able to, uh, you know, if you're in a position where you can support our professional development programs or our refocus fund where you're Know, really directly supporting the filmmakers. Um, there's lots of opportunities for donation and membership that you can find at our website at insideout.ca. And you can also find information on volunteering. So if you uh, are in a position where you can donate some time, that also uh, has a huge impact on the organization and on our ability to deliver these programs. Too.
0: And that would be the same website if people were to uh, browse the, the films that are coming up and getting tickets?
1: You got it. Yeah. So I love to send folks to insideout.ca/toronto festival. That's got the full lineup of all the films. You can grab tickets. You can make a wish list of all the things you want to see, Um, and you can also see trailers and and uh, other sneak peeks of some of the content.
0: Oh, that's good because I remember. I don't know when you started that, but uh, that was one of the biggest challenges in selecting <laughs> films. Is everybody wants to see that first like ninety second trailer, and I found for myself useful to buy a block of tickets
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and we do still so we've got ticket packages still available so folks can uh uh you know get a a really great deal buy a ticket package and then you can see you know multiple films at the festival you can pick some in advance and decide some on the day um there's really it's it's a large program this year there's a ton to see um so whether it's yeah looking through the website and and building that wish list or picking up one of the the Program guidebooks, um, which is a beautiful like 144 page publication that we issue. Um, you know, I, I think I hope that that folks can find content that excites them uh, across the festival.
0: Yeah, and so we've got insideout.ca is the main website. The hashtag is insideout19. Twitter at insideoutto, Instagram insideoutfestival, and I'm going to put all these links in the <laughs> show notes, but final thoughts suggestions words of of wisdom the work a nugget in your time is exactly I'll leave it up to you how you want to close this out
1: <laughs> well something that I you know I, I would love to encourage folks to do is you know to take a look at the program if you are able to attend the festival and you know go with your gut and grab tickets to those you know those titles you may have heard of or you may have read a review, but also challenge yourself to look outside of maybe your own personal experience or identity and explore some content that, uh, you know, may not reflect your exact experience, but could really broaden your understanding of our, our global LGBTQ community, um, because there's some real gems in there and, uh, you know, I, I don't want anyone to uh, to miss out on some of these these really exceptional new voices in uh, LGBT cinema.
0: Well said, and maybe I'll just add to that. I find that's good for me to challenge myself because I, I could very easily just go and see something about being gay and gay men and representation of gay men, but then there are so many other stories and so much other so much more creative diversity that I would be missing out if I just stuck into my own small box status quo of being a gay man
1: you know absolutely and I, I think that's that's really the lens that we want people to take is that we we are all connected and we all have learnings and space where we can develop our understanding of our wider communities and film is such you know as as I said film is a great tool for empathy building but it's, it's not just for those outside the community, you know, to, to learn about allyship. It's also about developing tools for allyship within our own communities. And I think exactly what you've said is, is the way to look at it. Um, and this year, there's a ton of content that, that I hope people can really sink their teeth into uh, in terms of, of uh, getting outside of the box.
0: Wonderful. Andrea Wilson, executive director, Inside Out Film and Video Festival, or is it just the film festival now, I think? Um,
1: yeah, yeah just, exactly.
0: I think it used to be called Film and Video Festival, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And these, these days, film is film is definitely enough. And, then, well, and of course, now that I said, you know, we've got the episodic content too, I yeah. think we're looking at, you know, film and cinema with with broad strokes, yeah. but it's, it's all about the, those great stories. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time. And we've had a few technical difficulties that people won't know about. So um, I'm you sound amazingly awake. <laughs> I'm sure you're working very long hours. And uh, I hope that uh, you're able to take some time off and that it's an amazingly successful and wonderful festival.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for the lovely conversation. And I will look forward to seeing you at the festival.
0: Thanks so much, Andrea. And as always, live out and live proud.